Support for this podcast is provided by Cressa. Cressa is the occupier's champion, the world's premier corporate real estate advisory firm, exclusively serving startup businesses and major global organizations alike. As a Portland pillar for over 25 years, Cressa partners with its clients throughout the entire project lifecycle, from workplace strategy and discovery through the deal transaction and project management delivery of space. Cressa partners without conflict and applies integrated expertise to make your business better. Go to cressa.com Portland to connect with the Portland advisory team. From that cast creative, I'm Dan Bruton, and this is the PDX Executive Podcast. A show where I talk with inspiring leaders who are shaping the future of Portland, Oregon. Every week, I sit down with business executives, startup founders, and community leaders to dive into their career journey and get insights into the impactful work they're doing in our slice of the great Pacific Northwest. Hey everyone, thanks for listening to PDX Executive Podcast. I'm your host, Dan Bruton. I'm excited to have my next guest is Steve Daniel, the president of UV Health Group. Now, I, as some of you may know, uh, produce a lot of events or used to in person. And as we look to get people back together and to do it safely, Steve has a technology I'm selfishly very interested in. So I wanted to have Steve on, but first, uh, welcome, Steve. Thank you, Dan. So let's talk about kind of your, your company first, and then we'll get into this, uh, this new product or new system you're developing. So can you tell us a little bit about uh, the company? Sure. UV Health Group, um, we're a startup. Uh, we've been working for the last few years, but just recently it's been just a little over a year that we, that we made it public that, you know, we're, we're, what we're doing. And um, we started out with a little bit of TV coverage kind of when we first um, we're talking about our prototypes and stuff like that. But over the last year, we've taken it well beyond the prototype stage, and now we're into actual production and stuff like that. So a lot of exciting stuff has happened in the last year. It's been a crazy year, but a lot, we've been doing a lot of good stuff. So Yeah, so what, what's your background? Can you talk about before you started this company? Sure, what sure, were, yeah. Were um, so I feel kind of like, um, you know, being an entrepreneur, I'm not a sole proprietor type person. I've been an entrepreneur now for about 30 years. Um, but it's about a team and building a team um, because I've done a lot of things, but I don't want to do everything all day long like a sole proprietor. So it's yeah. it's really about you know about putting together a great team, and that's I think what I've done here. Um, but for me, my background, I think for me, it's kind of an a, an accumulation of all the things that I did and wanted to do have come together um, here at 61 years old. Uh, finally, you know the right place for me, but I started off, um, always wanted to help people. Um, my first ambitions was to be an oral surgeon oh. and I went to Washington state to, to start in the pre-med, um, program. And halfway through that, I, um, kind of lost the love of the ologies and went into computer science and mechanical engineering and, and found that that was really what I was truly kind of called called for, but I still love the sciences and I still love the biology and all the different things that that I started with. And so um, when I got out of college, I started selling computers mm. and um, did computers for 11 years. Um, Boeing was one of my biggest customers, grew up in the Seattle area. Okay. And um, I, I sold IBM and Apple and Atari and Data Generals and Compacts and all the different PCs back from 1980 to 91. 
Yeah. And it was a fantastic career. Thoroughly and enjoyed um, the computer hardware, very technical sales um, in business systems and stuff back then when nobody knew how to run computers and stuff yeah, like that. Exactly. And so um, left that industry in 91, started a software company in the desktop publishing space. Um, after about five years of that, I um, joined some other guys that I had met through Comdex and we started a CD-ROM manufacturing facility down in the Bay Area. Okay. And so moved my family to Pleasanton, California, um, spent 15 years um, making CDs, DVDs, Blu-rays, all those types of things. We ended up selling that company to a Taiwanese company in um, 2010, um, left, left that world and moved to San Diego and started an online software auction company. Um, in the meantime, I'd also started a trailer manufacturing company, building trailers in China and, and selling small utility trailers. Um, and then one day my wife asked, do you think we could move to Portland? <laughs> and here we are in San Diego and thoroughly enjoying the winters. And yeah, it, absolutely. Was, it was March. <clears throat> and, uh, um, so she, her mom was, uh, having issues with Alzheimer's and she was spending all of her time up here. She's from Kelso Longview area. And so I don't know. I said, I don't know. We'll, let's find out within uh, two days. I had job interviews up here in Portland and found a job in the, in the technology area in the circuit board area. Um, moved up the next week <laughs> and, okay. and started uh, selling electronics and, and designing led products and ultraviolet products and, sensor products, underground detector, you know, all kinds of electronics. And uh, so did that and then uh, moved into the LED lighting space. And I've been doing LED lighting for the last four years. Okay. And so for me, it just kind of is a com combination of all the things that I've loved, um, bringing the ultraviolet light with the LEDs, with the hardware, with software, cloud services, all coming together in one product. Um, all the things that I've done in my life are now here. So it's been an interesting journey. Yeah, I appreciate that, you know, overview. And it, there seems to be a theme except for the, the trailers <laughs> that, <laughs> that you made, that you've always kind of been at the forefront of some of these industries, whether it's like computers, you know, back in the day mm -hmm. or, or mm -hmm. CD-ROM, CD <clears throat> some, some of yep. us that are old enough like me, you know, re remember those, you know, kids nowadays don't know the, the struggle we went through. But well, this, you know, this new product, Safe uh, Air UV, if I'm you know saying it right, talk about that. And was this something you were working on pre-pandemic, or just saw an opportunity of you know an, of the unfortunate circumstances, a little bit of of how you can you know bring people back or bring industries back? So, well, yeah, going back about five years um, ago, I was working with some companies in the indoor, indoor growing space. And we were designing LED lighting for grow, grow lights. Mm -hmm. And so there's um, one of my one of my customers was wanting to see what could be done with ultraviolet light. Mm -hmm. And so I went to a lot of uh, horticulture con lighting conferences and different things, and started learning a lot about ultraviolet light and what we could do with it. And so developed some products to be able to slow the the growth of mold um, by bombarding the plants. Um, for a few minutes every night um, with ultraviolet light. So okay. we could stop the spread of like uh, strawberry molds and cucumber molds and stuff in indoor growing. We found that it could strengthen the 
stems of plants and do all this kind of stuff. So that's kind of where my original research was from about five years ago. And so from that time, um, I was always, and you know, there's three different wavelengths of ultraviolet light, UVA, UVB, and UVC. And the UVA is what we, you know, go out and we get a suntan and UVB, you know, is kind of the, the harsher stuff. And, mm-hmm. you know, we want to get some sunscreen on there and stuff so that we don't get exposed to this. And what I was working with was right at the edge of between UVB and UVC um, around the 295 nanometer wavelength. Okay. And so that, <clears throat> that led me to think about, you know, what else could we do with ultraviolet light in not only just killing molds and, you know, that, that kind of products, but what could we do um, in other spaces? And I, I wanted to do something for elder care. And so the thought of cleaning air, um, my original ideas were thinking about dining room tables. If we could clean the air while people are, are sitting at a dining table, huh. um, that we could, we could clean the air right there around them. Um, and so that's just been kind of in the background. I had periodically looked at pro- doing some prototypes and that kind of stuff. And then it was really when the pandemic hit, um, you know, just a little over a year ago mm-hmm. um, that I said, you know, I can't just keep sitting around thinking about this. I got to do something about it. And uh, so that's when I put together the team and we've been full bore since then. And now we have the Safe Air UV system. And what it does is it brings air into a chamber, kills it with the ultraviolet light, and exhausts it back into the room. So our biggest challenge is that UV is not safe for people to be exposed to. Right. And so Which has been, be, been in the news, if you remember, maybe. Oh, yes. <laughs> yes. It's, we won't get into that, but yeah. it's, you can't it's, just it's, put it in the body. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and you know, it, that there's good application of it and there's bad application to expose right. skin to expose your eyes and those kind of things it's it's not good and you mm-hmm. know when we were doing it for the indoor grow um you know people were fully gloved and and had sunglasses and stuff like that and it was generally at night when there was nobody in in the uh, greenhouses okay. and stuff um, so our challenge basically was what could we do for occupied spaces while they're occupied and um, being able to clear the air of COVID, you know, initially, you know, that's been all on our mind. Right. So what can we do in indoor spaces while people are present? And that was, you know, our whole design was built around indoor spaces while being occupied. Um, there's been, we've been using ultraviolet light for, you know, a hundred years now to do various things. And the last few years have been like surgical suites putting robots in there and while people are not in the surgical suite in between surgeries, you can try to sterilize the room with ultraviolet light. Um, but you can't be present in the first person right. that comes into the room after it's been sterilized that is spewing, you know, viruses, the whole room is infected again. And so what we want to do is continuously clean the air. And so that's, that's what we, what we invented was basically a very safe, way to clean the air and we called it safe air UV system. And how, when I think when I'm trying to visualize like the placement of this product, is it attached to an HVAC or how does that work? Like how- there's many ways that it can be attached. What we, we chose initially to, um, our very first products are attached to lighting fixtures. Okay. So what we, wherever 
people are, where people congregate, there's lighting. Yeah. Um, so in any in- indoor space, there's going to be lights generally in your ceiling. In most commercial, there's a typical, your drop ceiling, your two by four T grid. And so what our very ne- first products that we're shipping now is the um, two by four troffer that has UVC killing chambers in it, as well as beautiful LED downlighting. Hmm. And so it's a combination product. We can replace all the old in- inefficient incandescents and and fluorescent lighting with beautiful LED downlighting, um, as well as then keep keep the space clean and clear of COVID. So it was like when I'm thinking of like an office building, obviously, you know, here I am and, you know, one of those with the fluorescent light. Mm-hmm. It's like yep. just re- replacing <clears throat> that light essentially yep. with that. We're just going to replace those fluorescent tubes above you, your head with a new fixture. And so you'll have better downlighting. Um, it also dims and it changes colors. So um, I don't know if you've heard the term circadian rhythm lighting. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it does circadian rhythm lighting. It, it dims and, you know, can be brighter. So if you if you're in a classroom scenario, you know, you want to be able to um, have a nice bright bluish light for kids when they're testing because that's really stimulates the mind. But then there's times when you want kids to be calmer. Well, you want the nice warm dim light and that'll calm calm the kids. In your senior living scenarios, they live under fluorescent lights all day long. They don't know what time of day it is. They, they, they haven't seen the sun in weeks or months. Mm. And so with the circadian rhythm lighting, what we can do is give them a sunrise in the morning. We can give them a bright blue sunny day in the middle of the afternoon, and we can give them a sunset color in the evening mm. so that it gets their body entrained into the right rhythms. And so that you, you sleep better, you, you digest better, you know, you're more alert and at the right times of the day. That's so the circadium is, yeah. is, is a wonderful thing to do. Um, but then the big benefit on top of that is the COVID killing capabilities. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's and what's what the done. kind of, what's kind of the area that it can, you know, when we talk about like COVID killing, is it just, mm-hmm. you know, the directly underneath? Is it how, what's their kind of the radius of the? Yeah. So what we, what we're trying to do is we're trying to put it at the point, the closest to the point of infection. So that light right above your head, um, if it was pulling the, your air that you, you're breathing, mm-hmm. pulling it up um, and into the fixture and then exhausting it. And we try to, we pull it up and then we try to exhaust it out to tr- create a bit of a vortex in the room so that it, we're, we're giving some circulation in the room. Uh-huh. Um, a lot of rooms don't have circulation when, when without the HVAC system being on. Um, if you're somewhere in between 68 and 72 degrees, you're probably not moving the air at all, you know, right. type thing. And so when you need some cooling or you need some heating, maybe your HVAC system's on, but the rest of the time, the air is pretty stagnant. Um, so for the amount of space, you know, typical lighting, if you look up um, in your room, how many fixtures are up on the ceiling in your the area you're in is there one or two um it's two where i'm at right now yeah Yeah. so we would you know most architects have designed um the lighting for about every 80 to 100 square feet is is a fixture so if you're in a 10 by 12 office space you're probably going to have two fixtures if you're in say an 8 by 10 or a 10 by 10 you might only have one fixture um, so we've kind of designed the capabilities of the device to be able to change out that 
same kind of amount of, of cubic feet um, of air. So okay. that we pretty much would replace, in your case, both of those fixtures would get replaced with a, a safe air UV system, um, and we call it our confidence lighting system. And we also have another product line, which is our assurance product line, that for those people that already have beautiful LED downlighting, um, that they can just put a chamber, and we could put a chamber up, hmm. up above your head there and mount it to the wall or, or pennant mounted above a conference table or you know, that kind of thing. So. Well, this is really interesting. So can you, I guess, where is the product at now? It's, it's launched, it's out there. What kind of customers or what kind of feedback are you getting? I mean, the timing couldn't be better, right? So, Yeah, we're, we're getting great feedback. Um, mm -hmm. So we're, we're having every day, um, various people are uh, approaching us. Um, we're working with companies that are worried about people that are in disaster situations where mm. they've got COVID. And um, if you can imagine all of the kids that are coming from Honduras and coming to our border mm -hmm. and many of them have COVID and they're all being housed together and there's nothing cleaning the air and they're, they're infecting one another. Mm -hmm. um, that's a scenario that we're working with, mm. um, you know, and, and then we have all the senior living scenarios um, where, most of our senior citizens have, have, have been, their meals have been delivered to their rooms for a year and mm. they haven't been out putting together puzzles and playing cards with their friends and, you know, all that. And so it, it really is important to be able to open up so many of these different businesses, you know, our school children, you know, how much confidence do we have to go back to school if, if we really haven't done anything, um, so mm -hmm. that's a big area for us to concentrate is on our schools, our medical facilities. Um, of course, we want to you know, be in every doctor's office, dentist's office, all the places that you have to go. Right. Um, and then um, the senior living, the hospitals, the schools is kind of our main focus. But then you think about the restaurants, you think about uh, the bars, you know, the, the churches, all the different places that we want to go and we want to gather. Um, but we've been told we can't or we're afraid to yeah. or you know there's all some, so it really is important um to create safe air um for us to be able to you know move confidently into the next year uh, yeah 100 percent. you know and just to um you know again i pre-pandemic would do host a lot of smaller events but you know as we look to come back and do those kind of things or even big concerts you know, something like this, just the confidence that it provides people. So have you kind of been chatting with people who own event venues or what's. Well, it, we, it, we have, um, we're in talks with some guys that do some stuff for the NBA mm -hmm. and, um, they, you know, they're very interested in how, you know, can we keep the players safe? Can we keep the, the people safe? Um, the way we're trying to do it with, keeping people safe and having it in the room with, while the people are there, we're basically only limited to the amount of airflow that, and how far can we move the air from the point of infection where the person breathing until um, we get it cleaned. Right. And so, you know, three, four, five feet above their head, we can, we can move that air. But if you're talking about, <laughs> you know, yeah. in a, in a basketball stadium or, you know, something mm -hmm. like that, that, mm -hmm. you know, you, you, 
you're not going to have all these things above everybody's head all mm-hmm. down, you know, at five feet above their head. It's just very difficult. But, mm-hmm. you know, could we do it in the bathrooms when maybe people are closer? Could we do it in the line, you know, the, the hot dog lines? Could we put stuff over that area? Yeah. You know, there's areas that you could do stuff in stadiums, um, but maybe – Maybe it's just too difficult. In, in those kind of scenarios, maybe what we do is we put something in the HVAC system. We put our our killing power there, mm-hmm. um, and you know try to get the air higher velocity. Right. Um, and we're also working with. <clears throat> yeah, and I mean, I could just see it. Like you said, these access points as someone who you know used to do a lot of events where people are crowded. Like either they're coming in if it's a big venue giving the ticket or if their conference, you know, the registration tables and stuff is always these cluster area. So, I mean, that's very doable. It sounds like something like this. Yeah. Yeah. That's an area. And, you know, we're working also with a couple of different airlines and the airlines, um, the bathrooms are a small space. Yeah. And we can very quickly clean that air within Mm. a, within a a minute or two, we can, we can recycle all that air and, and have it clean. When you walk into a, a bathroom on an airplane, you don't know what was going on. The, the previous person, you know, <laughs> yeah. were they sick? Were, were yeah, they right. just in there throwing up? You know, I mean, yeah. it, you don't know kind yeah. of thing. So, you know, that's an area that's a you know big focus to try to clean. And then the galleys <clears throat> where you have your stewardesses and everybody are gathering there. And then the cockpits, we want to keep the, the pilots safe as well. So right. those are three areas that we're working on right now is, hmm. is galleys, cockpits, and restrooms on the airplane. Um, the whole airplane itself um, is is a target area that we want to work on, but mm-hmm. it's dealing with some extreme amount of air that they're, they're circulating through there. Of, you know, hundreds of cubic feet per minute are mm-hmm. being moved through their, their system. So that's a difficult. We're also working with elevator companies um, okay. to try to put our products into elevators. Yeah. Um, that's another area that people want to gather. They want to get more than two people on an elevator and get to the 50th floor right. you know, type thing. And so yeah. um, that's an area that really needs some help um, is in the elevator space. Yeah, well, that makes a lot of sense. And I just, you know, always get excited that technology like this is in our backyard, right, in Portland. So I wanted to always like to, kind of as we end conversation, talk about that. I mean, you've worked in you know, San Diego, up in uh, you know C- Seattle area, Washington. Since you've been here, you've started companies. What's your you know thoughts of just about entrepreneurship here, you know, the talent here, and just kind of our market in regards to owning a business here and as we grow, right? So- yeah, it, it is good here. And the team that we put together, you know, about a dozen guys and a lot of entrepreneurial experience um, between the, the whole team, um, tremendous, you know, the technology sector is live and well here, yeah. you know, all stems from Tektronics and Intel and, and stuff. And so, um, you know, three of the, four of the guys that are on my team are previous Intel um, people. Okay. Um, and <clears throat> so, you know, there's some, some really competent people around here Yeah, and, absolutely. you know, in, um, uh, my age range, um, you know, there's a lot of people, a lot of experience have done a lot of things. And so it really takes, it takes a village to bring a product like this to market, mm-hmm. um, because there is, you know, all those things, the, the hardware, the software, the firmware, the, 
you know, there's so much goes into one product that no one person can have all the skills yeah. to do the marketing, to do the sales, to do, you know, all. So anyway, it's it's a it's a wonderful team that we put together, and uh, they're pretty much all here from the Portland area. So, I love that. Um, it's it's it is it's a healthy and vibrant technology you know, community here. Yeah, I mean the depth of experience. Obviously, sometimes you hear about like the young founder startups that are just getting started. But when you think about, like you said, the people who worked at Intel or tech or Tektronics or, you know, we have so much here to tap into. So I, I love that to hear that some of these folks are, you know, helping uh, with this. So, well, Steve, um, where can people find more out more about this? Where can they go learn about it? And, you know, especially if they're in the industry of facilities managers or, you know, event people like myself or like, oh, this you get educated yeah, well, it. you know, our, our website at uvhealthgroup.com would be the first place to start there. Um, send us a, you know, an, an email. There's there's places to fill in. You know, I'm, I'm interested. Put in your name and, and mm-hmm. email address and we'll contact you. And so, yeah, we have a number of products now and we have a big pipeline of, of additional products that are coming down the pipeline over cool. the next many, many months. And so you know, that would be the best place for them to go is go to our website and learn, learn a lot more about us. Sounds good, Steve. Well, thanks so much for, you know, hopping on the podcast and really looking forward to, you know, following along, see how this, you know, changes the industries. I'm, I'm really hopeful and excited. It is. And, you know, we do need to change because, you know, we come to expect safe water. We, we, you know, we shouldn't have E. coli in our, in our water, you know, kind of thing. And we're using UV to help cure that. Um, we expect safe food products. We don't want botulism in our food. And a lot of food gets hit with some UV before it goes into packaging. And we need to expect safe air. And, you know, UV can be a solution there too. And so I, I think, you know, it's, we're going to grow to expect that our air is safe, just like our water and our food supply is safe. Mm. Well, Steve, thanks so much. Yeah. Thank you, Dan. The PDX Executive Podcast is a production of ThatCast, a Portland, Oregon podcast agency that partners with brands to create custom podcasts. You can learn more at thatcast.com. And please take a moment to subscribe and rate the podcast as well. 